Romans chapter 12, verse 11. I got a ringing up here. We're studying the subject of managing your family. Once again, this is a practical teaching. Amen? And once again, like I said last week, it's nothing that really makes you shout. But my job is to put you in a position so that you can shout. And some of y'all need to shout. <laughs> Amen. Some of y'all need to do some shouting. Amen? Because y'all been burdened too long. Come on, say amen, somebody. And without too long. Okay, just a suck cup. The rest of y'all, y'all all right, right? Amen. So we're talking about the subject of managing your family. Once again, when God put together the first family, he also put together the first business. The Bible says they become one flesh. Amen? So here in Romans 12, 11, once again, it tells us, not what? Slothful. Romans 12, 11. Not what? Slothful where? Come on, are y'all at the same scripture I'm at? Because only two people I'm hearing out there. Not what? Slothful in what? Business. And that word slothful means slow, and it means lazy. Amen? He says not slothful, not lazy, not slow, but fervent in what? Spirit and serving the Lord. You can't serve the Lord properly if you don't have your business together. Let me say it again. You can't serve the Lord properly if you don't have your business together. We found that in the book of Ecclesiastes that dreams come by handling business. We talked about how you need to learn this before you get married. Single people. Come on, say amen, somebody. We looked in Deuteronomy chapter 24, and it showed how handling business causes a couple to get off on the right foot. Amen. Amen. We talked about following God's methods. God's method of doing business because why? God is the ultimate businessman. See, couples have to work together. And families have to work together towards a shared goal. And they must learn to share methods together and communicate. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. The word tells us to write the vision down and make it what? Plain. So we need to write down what we're doing. Amen? We need to learn to be patient. Don't dig a hole for ourselves. And we found that there's laws of poverty as well as there's laws of prosperity. We looked at the ant. We looked at the coonies. looked at spiders and found out discipline is required. And learning how to restrain from spending and learning how to restrain from what? Spending. Then we talked about leaving an inheritance for our children's children so that the next generation can start off prosperous because we're responsible for the next generation. Amen? And last week we talked about why you should, why, why should you co-sign for somebody and they take away your bed. They take away your car. Take away your car or your house. Come on, say amen, somebody. In other words, he said, don't do it. 
I don't care how much you love them. Do not co-sign for anybody. Why? Because God said it. And I believe God knows what he's talking about. Amen? We'll turn to Proverbs 22, 7. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. Proverbs 22, 7. The word told us, if we do business correctly, our dreams will come true, folks. I'll say it again. The word told us, if we do business correctly, our dreams will come true. The blessing will be upon us. Come on, say amen, somebody. And we'll stand before other people means. And an enemy will, and an enemy will not have a door to us. Are you following me out here? That's why this is so important. Tell your neighbor, this is so important. But I want us to read this out loud together. The what? The rich ruleth over the poor, and a borrower is what? Servant to the lender. Read it again. The rich ruleth over the poor, and a borrower is what? Servant to the lender. Read part B again. The borrower is servant to the lender. Say it again. The borrower is servant to the lender. Read it again. The borrower is servant to the lender. Anybody want to be a slave to somebody? No. Now, we know he's talking about debt. And understand this, debt is the most insidious, diabolical plan hatched by Satan. Let me say it again. Debt is the most insidious, diabolical plan hatched by Satan. What? To tie up your life. So you can never raise or never get to raise your head. And the only thing that you can concentrate on in your life is just your own survival. It will keep you from helping anybody else, doing anything else, and going anywhere else. And it will harm your body and make you sick. It will break up your marriage. Cause your children to have nothing to do with you. Come on, say amen, somebody. Debt will make you a slave. Let me say it again. Debt will make you a slave, so get out of it. Tell your neighbor, get out of it. Now, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we're going to talk about it some more because maybe some of y'all ain't got it yet. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Because you haven't made any moves towards getting out of debt. How many times God has to tell you to get out of debt? Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Are you there yet? And it reads, it shall what? Come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will what? Set thee high above what? All the nations of the earth, and all these, and all these, bless thee shall what? Come on thee and do what? Overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy what? Thy God. How many people would like to be hit by a blessing? Amen. A couple of y'all. Come on, it's fun to be hit by a blessing. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, verses 1 through 12 talks about the blessing for the person 
who will listen and act diligently on the word from God. Come on, say amen, somebody. And what you've heard from others. And will do all his commandments. What happened? The blessings will manifest in your life if you will listen and act diligently. If you will listen and act diligently. Come on, say amen, somebody. Verse 12 reads, the Lord shall what? The Lord shall what? Open unto you his what? Good treasure. The heaven to give the rain unto the land in his season. And to what? Bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt what? Thou shalt what? Come on, somebody say, that's me. Thou shalt lend unto many nations and... Loudly and thou shalt not borrow. Once again, borrowing is not a sin. If it were a sin, then lending would also be a sin. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because why? If it was a sin, it would be enticing a party to sin. If lending was a sin. Come on, say amen, somebody. So borrowing is not a sin, but the person operating under the blessing is the lender. Let me try this side. The person operating under the blessing is the lender, not the lendee. See, you want to be the one that's doing the lending. Let me say that again. You want to be the one doing the lending, not the one asking for a loan with interest. Interest, and we're going to talk about this. Interest is so insidious because it's so hidden. Come on. Now, over the last couple of years, the government has required that at least they disclose it now. But still, they put in so much other stuff that you don't really know what you're looking at. It's almost hidden. Come on, say amen, somebody. Do you know how bad interest is to you? If you buy a house over 30 years, you will pay over a 30-year period at a fixed mortgage. You will pay for that house two and a half times minimum. Minimum. But who got that money? It wasn't you. It wasn't your family. Come on, it wasn't the house of God, the church of God, or the things of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. It probably went to the heathen. I'm talking about two and a half times. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. So I want you to brace yourself. I'm going to make a statement here. If you're going to use debt, if that's the decision you're going to make, it should be for the shortest time possible. You rather just said, for the what? Shortest time possible so that you pay for as little interest as possible. Listen here now. If you can't pay off a house, help them, Lord. 
If you can't pay off a house in seven years, you've taken on more than you can afford. Hey, mama, my shake it. I just lost about 95% of the crowd. <laughs> Come on. If you're going to borrow for a house, you ought to be able to pay it off in seven years. If you can't do it in seven years, you got too much house for your ability to pay. Maybe I should have said I love Pastor Walker at the beginning of the service. Because <laughs> it ain't going to get any easier. <laughs> and once again, you don't buy a car on 60 months credit. Five years. Do you know when your new car leaves a lot and the wheels hit the street it lost one-third of its value that day? That day. Come on, say amen, somebody. Somebody say that day. If you can't pay off your car in 24 months, see, I heard it, huh? In 24 months, you got too much car. If you're going to use the debt. Some of y'all thinking right now, man, I, I done signed for 60 months. Well, you better learn how to work. You better work, work, work out paying that thing off. Why did I say that? Because if you start looking at how much you paid versus the value of the car, that's as far as you can go that it can make any economic sense. They love for you to sign up for 36, 48, and 60 months. They love it. Because why? They're taking you to the cleaners. Tell your neighbor, get it. Well, what do I do? You ain't going to like this either. What do I do? Lease or rent. Oh, you're just throwing money away when you lease or rent. No, that's that presumptuous stuff again. See, you're presuming that a house or land is going to go up in value. Oh, I'm preaching good. And if you've learned anything over the last couple of years, you should have learned a house doesn't automatically keep its value. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. In fact, it can lose its value. And it has lost its value. Come on, say amen, somebody. It's not, as wor it's not worth as much, and you're paying interest. But if you're renting or leasing, you weren't paying any interest. And you're not stuck with something that's worth less than what you paid for it. I hope it's making sense to somebody in here. In other words, you should be very conservative 
where debt is concerned. Let me say it again. You should be what? Very conservative where debt is concerned. When it comes to credit cards. You should never use a credit card except as a convenience. Except as a convenience. Which means that when the bill comes in, you pay 100% of it. Oh, come on. Why? Because credit cards can charge up to 18 to 22% interest compound. Somebody say compound. And see, you have to make a decision that this is the way you're going to do stuff. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's a decision you have to make. See, when you don't pay all that interest, you have money in your hands. This is going to be a hard one, I see. When you don't pay all that interest, you have money in your hands. Tell your neighbor, do you want some money in your hands? Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. That means you can make some money with that money. Amen. And guess what? You can buy your dream whatever it is. You can buy your wife what she wants. Over time, not overnight, but over time, you can do whatever it is you want to do. Now, people may get mad because you have all this stuff, and they may start talking about you, but let them talk. Amen? But what they don't know, you use business principles. You didn't rob anybody. You did it the right way, and you got there. Come on, say amen, somebody. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Tell your neighbor, that's the way it's supposed to be. Think about it. You ring up that credit card, and before you know it, amen, that thing is high. And you know what they'll tell you? They'll tell you, only pay $15 a month. Because they know they're going to have you for life. <laughs> you, not, you just signed up for a life sentence. <laughs> amen? So what do you do? You pay the $15 minimum, which is crazy. Tell your neighbor that's crazy. Now, let me tell you what you got to do. You have to take Mr. Visa, Mr. Diners Club, Mr. America Express, take out the scissors, and you got to exercise capital punishment on them. And you don't need five and six cards. Why? They'll send you as many cards as you will take. And you have people with wallets full of credit cards. And they think that makes them look important. Listen, easy money is easy death. Say it again. Easy money is easy death. It's easy death, folks. Science knows, medicine knows, one of the strongest stresses on a human body is financial debt. You hear what I just said? 
one of the strongest stresses on a human body is financial stress or financial debt. It'll make you sick. It'll affect your body. It affects your mind. And guess what, men? It will affect your woman. And all the ladies say, Come on, you can say, hey, man, your husband sit beside you. He'll be all right. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. He'll get over it. He'll be healed. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because once again, the most important thing to her is security. Somebody say security. I don't care what she says. She doesn't feel secure knowing you owe Mr. Visa, Mr. Mr. MasterCard, or Mr. American Express. And the debt will eventually mess with her. And she's going to be thinking about that. Come on, say amen, somebody. She's going to be what? She's going to be thinking about that. If Listen, <laughs> if you want Sister Hot Mama in bed, You got to have nothing on her mind except you. <laughs> and once again, women, if you want to see a very irritable man, mean and always angry, but you want to know why? When you bring up all that debt, come on, when you ring it up, when you ring up all the debt to a man, it's like carrying the world on his shoulders. And he's trying to carry a house that he can't carry so that she can smile. And she's not supposed to do that to you. Come on, that's wrong. Tell anybody that's wrong. The word said, be grateful for what you have. <laughs> Here's something there. Go to Malachi 2.16. Hey, my, 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 shake Hallelujah. I told you I'm an equal opportunity employer. <laughs> I'm not a respecter of person. <laughs> Malachi 2.16. Listen to what it says here. Something else we need to go over. It says, For the Lord, the God of Israel, said that he what? He hated what? Put in the way, meaning divorce. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you deal not what? Treacherously. God hates divorce. Just one of the reasons he hates divorce is because divorce will cost you a lot of money. Let me say it again. It will cost you a lot of money. Divorce operates under the law of poverty. Divorce will take all your money. 
Now, we know it does a whole lot of other bad stuff, but we're talking about finances right now. Divorce takes your money and destroys both parties. It takes the inheritance of the children and the inheritance of the grandchildren. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now you see why God hates divorce. It's a killer. Tell your neighbor it's a killer. That's why you want to get her right when you do get married. She got a bigger amen than that. That means that's why you need to get her right when you do get married. That's why you want to walk in love with the word of God. And you want to learn how to work it out. Come on, say amen, somebody. You don't want to walk in the courthouse because you're doing it out of anger and passion. Because trust me, after the passion cools down, you got bills to pay. And that lawyer is getting rich. Can I get an amen out here? Turn to Romans 13, 7. That lawyer is going to the bank. Romans 13, 7. So singles, make sure you get it right the first time. Let me say it again. Singles, make sure you get it right the first time. Romans 13, 7. So for most people, they shouldn't make any more debt. Say it again. For most people, they shouldn't make any more debt. Pay off stuff. Say it again. Pay off stuff. Start with the smallest one. Double up on it. Triple it up on it. Don't add no more stuff. Say it again. Don't add no more stuff. I need to say it one more time? Yeah, I need to say it one more time. Don't add no more stuff. Romans 13, 7. It says, render therefore all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Verse 8. Verse 8. Verse 8. Did God say that? We say it again. Oh, no man anything but to what? Love one another. For he that love of another has what? Fulfilled the law. Now, we already mentioned that it's not a sin to have debt. But again, when it talks about oh, no man anything but to love one another, that is the best thing you can do for yourself and to them. Come on, say amen, somebody. To walk in a lifestyle free of debt. People get more on their shoulders than they should because of the lust of the flesh. Let me say it again. Because of the what? Lust. Most people, and most people, when they hear lust of the flesh, they only think about sex, which it is. But guess what? The Bible talks about lust. When the Bible talks about the lust of the flesh, it's talking about doing things for purposes other than being led by the Holy Ghost. Let me say it again. Doing things for purposes other than being led by the Holy Ghost. Turn to 1 John 2.15. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 
Here it talks about love, not the world. Not the things that are in the world. And if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the what? World. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth how long? Forever. So many people do what they do because why? Because of the pride. Because of their pride. Come on. Because of their what? Pride. Their pride says, I have to have a certain level. Come on. I have to have a certain level in order for me to fit in with the Joneses. And you're trying to keep up a false front for people around you. Listen, money, things, and position does not define who you are. And don't let anybody define you by that. You are who you are, thank God. Come on, say amen, somebody. God made you the way you are. And when God made you, guess what? He didn't make another one like you. You are a unique creation of God. And everything God makes is good. And that's what you say about yourself. I am good. Say, neighbor, I am good. Don't let people define who you are. Come on. Now, that may be hard, but you have to do it. Tell your neighbor, you have to do it. Because why? We know everybody wants to be liked. Nobody wants to be misunderstood. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because that's just human nature. Tell your neighbor, that's just human nature. See, if you're going to be a happy person, you can't let other people or situations define you. You can't even let your parents define you. You hear me, young people? Come on. Come on, see? See, they want a doctor. But you want a landscaping business. Now, there's nothing wrong with a landscaping business. But that's what parents do. Parents vicariously live through their children their dreams. And that's wrong. Tell your neighbor, that's wrong. See, what you do, you give your child a general education, but make sure it's a godly one. You give them a general education and then let them follow the Holy Ghost. And you may be surprised at what you may see. Why? Because God may take that little landscaping business and make them another Bill Gates. Come on, I'm preaching good in here. Bill Gates doesn't even have a college degree, folks. He hasn't spent a day in college, but yet he's just the richest man on the planet when it comes to finances. And see, you can't impose, you cannot impose this on your children. And this is one of the reasons they run from you. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. You didn't get to be this person, so you want to make sure they get to be the person you wanted to be. And it has to do with status and money. Oh, come on. 1 Timothy 6.10, what does the Bible say here? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. Come on, are y'all still with me out there? 
First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the what? Love of money is the root of what? All evil. Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Listen, you can commit this sin and not have a dime in your pocket. So don't let any of that define you. So let's get it, listen, let's get it right. Come on, let's get it right going into next year. Anybody with me in here? Let's get it right going to next year because why? I believe God is setting us up for something great. And if you straighten out some stuff, guess what? God will give you some new ways and some new opportunities. Come on, say amen, somebody. And if you know you have abused debt or any of these other areas, you need to repent of that. Come on, you need to what? Why? Because this is as much sin as any other thing. It is still sin. Come on, if you abused it. Why? You took it out the will of God, and you're out the will of God. Amen? What's, the, what's 1 John 1 9 tell us to do when we're out the will of God? Come on, this thing took you out the will of God. What do you do when you're out the will of God? He said, if we what? Confess or acknowledge our sin. He's what? Faithful and just to what? Forgive us of our sin and do what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, when you let that thing take you out the will of God, you still got to confess it was a sin, folks. Or you'll stay in the mess. Because you're not acknowledging, yes, I made a mistake. Because if you haven't made a mistake, you'd be a lot further than you are right now. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. Go to 1 Timothy 6.10 again. Oh, you still should be there. Because we want to look at why this subject is so vital. And there are reasons why you need to hear, obey, and act immediately on what we've been talking about. Hear, obey, and act immediately. It says here, once again, for the love of money is root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the face and pierced themselves through with many sorrow. It didn't say money. It did not say money was evil. Say it again. It did not say money was evil. It said the love of money as evil. Once again, that means you can commit this sin without having a dime in your pocket. He says, while, which while some coveted after, they have what? Erred from the what? Faith. Meaning, you have moved away and crossed your faith. Because of it, and because of it, it says you pierced yourself through with what? Many Sorrows. The word pierce means entirely run through. Entirely run through. So think of it this way. If you had a sword and you thrust it entirely through your body, think about the pain and what it would do to you. That's what he's talking about here. The love of money can cause you to thrust yourself through and cause you so much grief. You cause yourself so much what? Grief. 
Tell your neighbor, you don't want any grief. So that's what he's talking about, the love of what? Money. Now, the love of money is the, listen, the love of money is the root of sin. The love of money is the root of sin, but when you think about money, you have to understand what money is. Money is a medium of exchange. You follow me? Money is a what? Money in and of itself is nothing but a green sheet of paper. So think about money in these terms according to the Bible. Think in terms of lifestyle. When you think about money, you think about what money does. Right? Another word that might help you is the word comfort. Somebody say comfort. See, money in your mind is for the purpose of bringing you to a certain comfort level. Anybody with me in here? Come on. And when you think about money, you don't think about the green pieces of paper. You think about what these green pieces of paper can do. Come on. They could possibly put you in a position where you are much more comfortable. Well, what's the word? Well, tell, tell, go to 1 John 2.15 again. What's the word God tell us? 1 John 2.15. Let's go back there again. What does the word of God tell us about this? 1 John 2.15. What's it say again? What? Love not the world. Now the word, the word world here is the Greek word cosmos, and it means world system. Somebody say world system. In other words, we live in a system. There's a way of thinking in this system. There's a way of doing in this system. There's a way of feeling in this system. There's a society that comes around it. Come on, say amen, somebody. He says, love not this world system. Neither the things that are in this world's system. If any man loves the world's system, the love of the Father is not what? In him. For all that is in the world's system is the what? Is the what? What's in this world system? The lust of the flesh. And when the Bible once again talks about the lust of the flesh, he doesn't just mean sex. Come on, that's what all people think about. But lust of the flesh also means buying stuff on a whim. Gratifying your body with stuff you don't need. Stuff that you bought and 30 days, 30 days later, you ask yourself, what in the world did I do? What happened? Lust of the flesh got involved with that. Amen. What else? Let me tell you what else got involved with that. It says the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Looking at that bling bling. And allowing that bling bling to move you into action. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. 
Tell your neighbor, that's not the right thing for you to do. Then it says, once again, and the pride of, and the pride of, the pride of life is keeping up, once again, with the Joneses. In other words, you got to be in a certain economic class. I do things so that I can fit in. I got to buy things and spend things so that I am accepted. Come on, say amen, somebody. That is the what? Pride of life. He says it's not of the what? What's he, he says what? It's on your Bible. He says what? It's not of the what? But it's of the what? World system. Verse 17, and the world system passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that, but he that doeth the will of God, what? Abide it for how long? Forever. So people are thinking good of you, or you're doing something just for your flesh's sake, all that stuff is going to end. It's not going to last, but God's will and God's way always works forever. Tell your neighbor, it always works forever. So he's telling you, watch out. Do what? Watch out. Now, not handling your money wisely can put you behind and allow Satan to put pressure on you. If 1 John 2 is a problem, if the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life has something to do with running your life, then for you not to be where you want to be financially then, money can be used by the enemy as a source of pressure. I'm talking about a source of heavy pressure. But if you're 1 John chapter 2, the way God said, and you're not in the lust of the flesh, you're not in the lust of the eyes, and you're not in the pride of life, then the pressure cannot be applied to you. Come on, are you with me out here? Once again, it's not the amount of money. It's the attitude about it. Come and tell your neighbor, it's the attitude about it. Why? Someone could be making $300,000 a year and can't rub two nickels together because they're head over heels in debt. So it's not, a, it's not about the amount of money you make, whether it's $30,000 a year or $300,000 a year. It is your attitude towards it and how wisely you handle what you have. Anybody getting this today? That will determine whether or not money is a curse or a blessing. Because money can be a big-time curse, just like it can be a big-time blessing. And some people think, if I, just have, if I just have more money, everything will be all right. And that's not necessarily true at all. Come on, say amen, somebody. And because of this pressure... People get into sin because of the pressure, and it's the root cause of sin. Are you listening to me out there? Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Next, we want to look at one major sin we in, we in this country. 
that we have in this country that's a direct result of this, folks. We're going to look at a major sin that's happening in this country that's a, a direct result of this. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. I can't give you too much because you'll forget what I gave you. Hallelujah. People said, give me some more. Do what you just learned. So God can add to you. A lot of people want revelation, but they didn't get what they got last week. I want some fresh revelation. Well, what did you do with what you got last week? I want something new to that. That does not compute, folks. How God blesses you, he blesses you when you become a doer of what you have. Then he opens up your eyes to some more. But a lot of times we want some more, but we haven't done what he told us to do back then. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why 